Hello and welcome to the Limes Podcast. It is Matt Brown. It is Steven Anderson. Today, we are going to go through the AFC South. Try to see if there's any bets that we can really squeeze out of a very interesting division that seems very, very top-heavy. But I don't know. Maybe Steven has an opinion that one of these teams can actually surprise us. Again, guys, everything we do, absolutely free. So if you want to go ahead, hit that subscribe button down below. If it's on the audio side, if you want to hit pause, give us a little five-star rating. That would be great as well. Do appreciate all the support. Again, totally free with everything we do here. So, Stephen, this is one of the really top-heavy divisions, at least as far as the betting odds go. Minus, uh, you can find as big as minus 175, kind of the consensus about minus 155 on the Jags to win the AFC South. Titans, best number you're going to find is plus 350 for them to win. Colts, as you would imagine, a pretty long shot. You can find a 7-1 to on them out there. And then the Texans, one of the expected worst teams in the NFL, you can find a 10 to one just to win the division. First and foremost, listen, no matter whether you think that the hype train around the Jags is too high or not, I think you at least, I think we all have to at least agree them being the betting favorites. Now, whether you think it's, it's too big of a betting favorite, that's a discussion for another day. But as far as them being the betting favorites in this division, I think anyone rationally, if you just look at the teams on paper and and look at the rosters and certainly look at the trajectory that we kind of saw towards the end of the season last year with Trevor Lawrence and and, and whatnot, getting Calvin Ridley back, et cetera, et cetera, they they are the rightful betting favorite in this division. I agree. And the question you have to ask yourself is if you want to take a shot at beating a minus 155 division favorite before the season begins, Mm -hmm. then you also need the question with whom? Uh, who is going to beat the Jaguars this season in this division? So we'll get into that a little bit, but uh, spoiler alert, a lot of holes on these other three rosters in this division. Yeah, it is. Look, it is a very, it's a very interesting division for me because I think it's so top heavy that I'm less kind of interested in this division than a whole lot of the other ones, but we'll go ahead and kind of break everything down now. Okay. Jags, Minus 155, the best number you're going to find out there, actually available at multiple different books. So be sure that you are doing what you need to do so that you're not uh, finding yourself getting the the worst number. They are a team that went nine and eight last year. And like I said, kind of was trending up towards the end of the year. You started to see some of that magic that everybody thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be coming out of college. Everyone thought the can't miss prospect struggled at least for a little bit. But I, like I said, there was, there was something there towards the end of the year that really kind of gave you, I think, a lot of people at least a little bit of reason to be excited about the team as they come in this year. Now, not a lot of key free agent pickups or anything like that, but that's mainly because this roster was pretty much intact. They didn't really need to do a ton of all of that. They take an offensive tackle and Anton Harrison in the first round. They take a tight end in the second round. We're wondering if Tank Bigsby, that running back that they took with their first third round pick, is going to be, you know, how big of a factor is he going to be there with Travis Etienne, of course. So there's a lot of different things here, Stephen, to kind of look at with this team. And if you look at the the guys that left, I mean, I get Shaq Griffin certainly is someone that you don't want to to, to lose. And I think that that's could be possibly a, a, a hit. Juwan Taylor, you don't want to see him gone either. Arden Key really never uh, lived up to, to expectations and stuff. So if you kind of look, this team is... This, this team's pretty intact. 
with the one caveat that their left tackle is suspended for four games, Cam Robinson, mm-hmm. but they did draft Anton Harrison, another tackle with a first round pick. So that's something to keep in mind early in the season, especially when you have two of your four games against the Kansas city chiefs and the Buffalo bills. But you mentioned Trevor Lawrence, and I think it's, it's appropriate to start with him because the way I kind of describe his progression at this point is that even though this is his third year in the NFL, this is year two for me for Trevor Lawrence, because you have to just throw out that ridiculous season with urban Meyer Mm. and more importantly, second season with Doug Peterson. And we're talking about a Super Bowl winning head coach who won the big game with a backup quarterback and almost got Carson Wentz of all people, who's now out right. of the league, to who would have been the MVP that season if not for him tearing his ACL. So what happened with Trevor Lawrence last year? It's like a, a switch went off in his head where in the second half of the year because it was night and day through Week seven, he was 31st in completion percentage against man. He finished 12th. Through week seven, he was 27th in pass rating against man. He finished 12th. That's because he was the number one quarterback in the NFL the second half of the season against man coverage. And overall, he went from 14th in EPA per attempt the first half of the year. But from week nine on, he was second in EPA per attempt ahead of Patrick Mahomes. And now he adds Calvin Ridley to a very strong core of weapons, in my opinion, including getting Evan Ingram signed and locked up long term at tight end after he was on the franchise tag. So um, there are some factors here to me that makes me wonder if the ceiling for the Jaguars, despite the fact that the AFC is a juggernaut, is perhaps as high as a Cincinnati. Maybe not quite as high in the range of outcomes as as Kansas City when you have Patrick Mahomes. And also because the Jags defense, we'll get into that in a minute here, but the Jags defense has some question marks. But at least offensively, I think there's a lot of firepower here potentially, Matt. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. Listen, I bet them very early on. I got a better number than the 155 that's available right now, but I... I see a very clear cut number one in this division for me. And I understand that the Titans have kind of been around and they've been there, but Steven, listen, it's a year. It's a, it's a year later, right? I mean, it is a, it is another 300 carries more for Derrick Henry. It is. And and we've seen running backs and I'm not saying this is going to happen to Derrick Henry this year, because I do think he is of that weird breed where he, he he is something special, but we have seen running backs basically just fall off a cliff. In, in, in one season, right? Like we have seen guys that have looked un, unstoppable and then they come back the next year and they just look old. And I'm not, again, not saying that's going to be Derrick Henry this year, but would it surprise me if his production went down? It would not surprise me at all. You get old, you you take a bunch of those hits and, and it just is a thing that we see with running backs a ton. I think Ryan Tannehill and I think the organization will let you know that they don't think Ryan Tannehill is a very good quarterback. They go out and they still take Will Levis, you know, and like they didn't have to take Will Levis. They took Will Levis. And so, you know, this is a a franchise, I think, that is at least planning for the future when that future does not include Ryan Tannehill. And so I, I just see a very, very clear cut number one here in the Jags. And I think that whenever you look at, at, at the Ridley thing coming back, Guys, remember, I know you already know this, but we're going to state it just for, for to make sure that the facts are all out there. This is not a this is not an elite player coming back off of injury. 
this is an elite player that had to sit out for a 17 parlay. I mean, like, that's what we, that's what we have going on here. I mean, like, so, so like, you're not, this is not a, like, we don't have to question whether like, Oh, is he going to look as explosive coming back off the ACL or coming back off of the Achilles or something like that's not the case. It is a dude that just had to sit out and, and he was, you know, again, wasn't able to be with the team, but I'm sure was doing workouts and things on his own and, and all that. And, and so if you believe the hype train, coming out of camp, which Steven, as we've mentioned several times, we'll mention on every one of these podcasts with these previews. This is, this is the season in which everyone looks the best they've ever looked and everyone looks in the best shape they've ever looked and every, uh, all that we get that the beat writers are going to paint a rosy picture, but all reports are that he does not show any is not showing any rust. And if anything looks to be every bit kind of the wide receiver one kind of in the conversation to be one of the better receivers in the league. And I actually believe it. I thought Calvin Ridley was awesome whenever he was in Atlanta and, you know, moving over here and being the, the alpha on this team, it doesn't surprise me at all. If he's able to pick up kind of where he left off. For sure. I, I don't think that um, I wouldn't be surprised. I should say if he's not a complete alpha in this offense, because Doug Peterson's had a tendency to spread the ball around and his quarterbacks have done a good job of finding the open man, et cetera, but you can't deny the talent there. And mm-hmm. Christian Kirk, if he's not, the number two, then maybe he's a one B again. Well, I think it allows back. him to go back to being a true number two, which probably benefits him. Right. I mean, right. like, like, Not like getting Kirk, the number one corner. Exactly. Like Kirk getting Kirk being a two. Like, I think that is like awesome for him. Like, I actually really like his, like the thought of his, him having a really big season because like you mean, Ridley's going to draw the stud every time. Like Ridley's going to get the stud coverage and, and for Kirk, that's got to be great. For sure. And in the running game, I think adding Tank Bigsby was an underrated move. All the camp reports have been that they love him, both from short yardage and goal line, but also his pass catching ability. So keep that in mind, because Doug Peterson in most years in Philadelphia was not a guy to have a bell cow back. Mm -hmm. So maybe take a look at some unders on Travis Etienne, not because we think he's going to have a bad year, but just because. Tank Bigsby seems like he's going to absolutely be a factor in that backfield. But uh, overall, Matt, if you're trying to figure out, you know, the ceiling for this team, you know, like we've done with every team, I just want to mention the schedule here. They do have one of the the seven easiest schedules by opponent win totals. That's because this division gets to face the NFC North uh, along with the AF, along with I'm sorry, the NFC South along with the AFC North. So any team that plays the NFC South is going to have a fairly high ease of strength of schedule there but um, what's interesting to me about the Jags schedule is that they already have eight games where they're favored by three or more points and yeah. their over under is nine and a half juiced way to the over so you, you, there's a 10 out there with with you know standard juice but if you're starting with trusting that they're going to win eight of those games where they're favored by three or more points that's a pretty high floor and then you still have seven toss-up games Let's say they win, you know, half of those. We're talking double digit wins right there. Yeah. Maybe 11, maybe 12, maybe there. And here's the other side of this too. Is right. That, if they were on the right side of variance, we might be looking at like a 12 or 13 win team. Yeah. And here's like, the other, here's what's interesting to me. Most interesting to me about the schedule. That th- those spreads are based off of a rating right now of a team. That's not even in the top 10 of Super Bowl odds. Mm-hmm. So, if they show improvement off of last year in the first four to six weeks of the season, then some of these toss-up games might go into the win category. Um, I, I I think that it's it's 
it's a really high floor and potentially a high ceiling because we're talking about a market rating with these spreads of a team that's not even ranked in the top 10 to win the Super Bowl if you go down the Super Bowl odds board right now, Matt. If you look and like, I'm not saying they're going to win any of these games. All I'm saying is if you look at their four air quote hardest games preseason on paper heading in Chiefs, Bills, 49ers and Bengals, three of those four games are at home. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're getting three of their four toughest games at home. And so you have that at least working in your favor, right? I mean, and listen, they get the week, they get the chiefs in week two. If there was ever going to be a chance to like, try and get at the chiefs, right? It might be early on here where again, Patrick Mahomes is having to groom another new number one receiver for him. There's, uh, you know, listen, the talent pool, I will never doubt uh, ever Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, but listen, Again, if they were if they were going to be vulnerable, it's probably early in the season while they're still trying to get everything figured out. Who's actually going to be the wide receivers that they go with, and who's going to be the go to guys? And as I mentioned, the the a couple of these other games, the only one on the road is the Bills. You get the 49ers at home, you get the Bengals at home as well. And so, I I'm like I said, I think it's a clear cut number one. As soon as the odds came out, it was a what it was the very first bet that I put in my account was the Jag to win this division. I know there are people out there who like the Titans. I don't really get it, which kind of leads us to the Tennessee Titans right here. Steven, listen, this is a team that has ridden Derrick Henry for four straight seasons. I mean, this is this is a team that when Derrick Henry plays, they're in games and Derrick Henry doesn't, and things have to get a little bit wonky. We know how bad this team can actually look. Now, this is a seven and ten team last season that, in my opinion, didn't really get all that much better. And I guess you could even arguably say, whenever you look, and there's no Taylor Lewan, and there's no Nate Davis, and there's no Robert Woods, and there's no, you know, Demarcus Walker and all these guys, like you could actually argue that they got worse. Completely agree. It's it's like they're trying to keep the band together right now with, with Ryan Tannehill and, and signing DeAndre Hopkins off the street when they could have just given A.J. Brown an extension a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, we'll see what Traylon Burks is as a second-year wide receiver. They're obvious, they obviously have high hopes for him. That's the guy that they took with the pick that they got for A.J. Brown. But there is only one team in the NFL this season with an offensive line that lost four pieces from a year ago, and it's the Tennessee Titans. Mm -hmm. This offensive line is a major red flag. We saw what can go wrong for an offense almost instantly when you don't have reliable pieces up front. Last year, the two best examples were the Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Rams. It, it was it was just dead on arrival because they didn't have even a competent offensive line for most of the year. And they have a lot of question marks now. Yes, they drafted Peter Skronsky, but I think most scouts have said that he's more of a guard than a tackle. So they spent the 11 overall pick on a on a guard, most likely long term. Um, you mentioned if you Derek look at Henry. PFF's rankings heading into the season, the Tennessee Titans offensive line is dead last. It is ranked 32nd, according to them. And they said it wouldn't even be a stretch to say that that rookie that you just talked about might actually be the best player on the offensive line without even having taken a snap in the NFL yet. That's how bad this offensive line is. Absolutely. And in, to look back at what they accomplished last year with arguably a better roster at, at that point, yes, Ryan Tenno had some injuries. I, I admit that. And Malik Willis was just a complete waste of a quarterback yeah. draft pick. 
but they go seven and three to start the year. But we talked for multiple weeks during that stretch that it's just confounding us how they're winning these games. If you look at the advanced metrics of those games and then sure enough, they, they lose seven straight games to end the year. And of those seven wins, they had Raiders, Colts, commanders, Colts, again, Texans and Broncos, not exactly a murderer's row that they were beating. Yeah. So if you look at the schedule this year with an over under, they went seven and 10 last year and the over under this year is seven and a half. So you to bet the over, you're betting that they're going to be better than last season. And they have eight games already on the schedule where they are a three point or larger underdog right out of the gates. And they only have one win on the schedule. They're projected to win against the Houston Texans at home. And then eight more games that are toss-ups. So if you're trusting that they're going to lose those games that where they're three-point or more underdogs, well, now you need them to almost clean sweep those toss-up games to get to over seven and a half. Granted, the the Titans, Matt, have been a team that has confused the hell out of me over the years. They've pulled upsets Both of after us. upsets. Trust me. Like Both it's, of us. We've lost a yes. lot of money on the Titans. And, yeah. you know, I don't think either of us would be surprised if they pull a couple upsets in those games where they're supposed to lose but they have some major holes on this team. If you want to bet the over on this team, I beg you, I implore you. Oh yes, wait until please the, wait. Wait, wait until the <laughs> bye week. They are they 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 are very likely, in my opinion. I think they can start one and five. Like I'm being dead serious. Like I think that it is a. I think it is set up for them. Saints, Chargers, Browns, Bengals. Now they're they'll beat the Colts in week five, and then the and then they get the Ravens in week six. It is. I think it is very plausible they start one and five. I think best case scenario is three and three. I think they would be even. Thr- they might be thrilled with two and four out of that stretch, depending on how they look out of the gate. And so, look, it very much eases up after that. You do get games against the Falcons and the Bucks, and of course, you get the two games against the Texans. You get another game against the Colts. So, like, it it lightens up a lot after that but i just i beg of you please do not bet the preseason over on the win total for this team they could easily start zero and four if you want to get in then still like come in zero and four they could be one and five like you are going to get a much 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 better number than you are getting preseason right now because they are not coming out of that six game stretch with a winning record they are just not doing it i didn't think of this until now but if they lose five of their first six games where those five games they're more than three points or more underdogs are we seeing Will Levis by week eight? Well, I have a very, listen, I have a, a I, I, again, like I said, the long-term plans, I think they, they tip their hand, right? Like they, they do not want Tannehill to be in their long-term plans. And so they owe him no money after this season whatsoever. And Steven, if they start one, if they start one in five and then you get the, the bye week in week, week seven. Yeah. Why wouldn't you come out with Levis in in week eight, right? And then at that point, maybe it's even better that you have an an, an under or a no on make the playoffs or whatever it might be for the Titans. Now, what I will say this is, uh, in my personal opinion, see, I'll see what you what you say. I would never bet the Titans yes to make the playoffs. I would just bet them to win the division because I do not see two teams coming out of this division, like not in the AFC. It's just uh, AFC is too freaking stout. There's too many good teams. Whoever wins the division is going to go on to the playoffs. I do not see two teams coming out of this division. It would be one thing if it's the NFC South and there's a little bit more talent on the roster to go yeah. with a bad to sit, bad division and you have one of the three easiest strength of schedules by opponent win totals. But 
there's just not enough talent on these other three rosters to warrant trying to bet them to be to get a wild card spot. So I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So again, a big time fade for me is this Titans team. Like I, I don't get the love. I know there's some love out there, you know, amongst some. People I was shocked I actually... by the win total. I was shocked yeah. that you have to you have to bet them to be better than last year to bet the over on them. Yeah, I, I, I me too, man. I, I don't get it. There's some guys that I respect out there that 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 think that this team is good. I don't. I think they're actually worse than they were last year, and specifically, a quarterback that I don't have a ton of respect for, who's going to be behind the worst offensive line in all the NFL. It doesn't matter if you have DeAndre Hopkins if you have no time to throw the ball. You know, I mean, like it doesn't matter. So yeah, and we'll um, see how many yards after contact Derrick Henry can get when he's going to be getting hit behind the line of scrimmage more often than he ever has this year. Yeah, I agree a million percent there. I, I don't get the love. Uh, big time, big time fade for me. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. So if we take a look at the next team in line, you can get a seven to one on the Colts. Only problem is, is the Colts one, don't know who's going to play quarterback. Steven two have a running back that is disgruntled and doesn't want to play for the team anymore. And that is a pretty big thing. Whenever that running back is also the best running back in football. So if you had any hopes of the Colts being good, you pretty much need Jonathan Taylor to be out on the field. And Jonathan Taylor does not want to be done at least at the time of this recording. Now, if you're, if you're watching this way later on and you're just kind of binging on all these, maybe they've kissed and made up and whatever, but at least as of this recording, uh, he's not out there with them. And, you know, I think that's a pretty big problem. Now you have the owner who keeps on saying that Anthony Richardson's going to play early, that he wants him to play early, that they didn't spend this high of a pick on a guy that they didn't want to play early. But then you get these camp reports that he's really struggling with timing really struggling with when to get rid of the ball and all that. I mean, I think the I think the floor case for this team, Stephen, could be kind of right there neck and neck with the Cardinals as like the worst team in the NFL. You know, Matt, no matter what you think about the Indianapolis Colts, 
I just want you to know that if I die tomorrow and you're out of sports betting, sports betting will go on without us. It's going to be okay. Yeah. So, so Jim Irsay, what a gem. What a gem. Number three, easiest strength to schedule for the Colts by opponent win totals. So that's a good starting point if you're looking for kind of a off-the-radar team to outperform expectations. But the number 29 roster by PFF coming into the year, and honestly, I think the GM, Chris Ballard, drafts a quarterback to save his job because the rest of this roster is a mess, and he, the the blame lays at he's, his feet mostly. I will say this about Anthony Richardson. As raw as he seems to be as a passer, to, to use an old Chuck Pagano phrase, man, that's that's one very interesting ball of clay to try and mold something mm-hmm. out of because six – 6'4", 252 pounds. This is a Cam Newton type here. And credit Cody Carpenter on Twitter who went out and found that the projected sack leaders in the division are 6'3", 265, 6'2", 252, 6'3", 242, and 6'5", 255. It's going to be a project bringing Anthony Richardson down for sacks. And that goes in line with with how he was in that area in college. His 10.1% sack rate under pressure last year was the 11th lowest in all of college football. So why do I care about that? Because for five straight years, points per drive, more than doubles in the NFL when you don't have a sack on the drive. And teams are three to four times more likely to score a touchdown without a sack in the drive. That from Rich Rebar's great research. Mm -hmm. So... I could at least envision a scenario where maybe things are not going to script in this offense, but Richardson is using his amazing athleticism and strength to keep plays alive to avoid sacks. So when you're looking at the schedule and you see a win total of six and a half with plus money on the under and minus 105 on the over, really just market disagreement on which side to go here. They're only projected to lose six of their games. Spread again, spreads of where they're underdogs of three or more points. And then they have eleven toss-up games. So the number's right basically at where it's supposed to be. So I, I I can envision a scenario here where let's see what Anthony Richardson looks like early in the year. I'm not sure where your opinion is at this point. I know earlier in the year you thought he might be benched for a couple games to start the year. I think he's gonna start right away. I mean, I, I don't well, know I why didn't you expect him out there. I didn't expect Ursay to start beating the drum until like the season started. I I mean, we're 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 six weeks out and and he's and he's sitting there beating the drum already. So I mean, I, I think I might end up being wrong on this one. If that's the case, you know, then I think that the like I said, the floor I think is super, super low. Um for for this squad, especially too, if you have him out there with no Jonathan Taylor and now it just becomes all kinds of just dis, just dis, disjointed and whatnot. Um I don't but like we also, team. but we also know that wins aren't necessarily part of the equation for rookie of the year, right? So I, I've made two rookie of the year bets. Granted, Richardson was twelve to one when I made it. I think he's six to one now. But th- I think this is a guy that could at least amass stats. So sure, it's a and it's a quarterback award. Like they want to give it to a quarterback. So yeah, and the favorite uh, right now is a running back, and running backs are by far the most likely to get hurt. So. I think that's a vulnerable favorite in that market with B. John Robinson. The one thing that he does have going for him in all of this that is just kind of inherited to him that he does have to worry about, he does have one of the better offensive lines in all the NFL. So if you are, at least if you are trying to learn on the fly, 
at least you're not going to be doing it under duress all the time, right? Like, at least there is that. He does have a solid offensive line, and with that, he should be able to hopefully over the course of the night. I mean, listen, we're still a month and a, you know, a month and a week away from the season. Like he, he, his timing could start to click a little bit better. He start, he could start to kind of understand when pressure's coming and when to throw it away and when not to, and when to take off running and when not to. And like, so I'm not saying that it's, that's out of the range of possibilities that he is at least, you know, serviceable for this team. I just don't like the rest of the roster. Right. And uh, you know, there's a, there's only a couple of good players really on the defensive side of the ball and everybody else is kind of average or worse. So um, don't like the Colts a ton. And again, it's another one of those teams in which I will be watching pretty heavily to see if this is a team that I'm just going to continue to fade basically throughout the course of the, of the whole season. Um, I pick on a couple of teams pretty much every year. And this is one of the teams I at least have written down that I'm going to be looking to come after if at all possible. The yeah, final I, team in this, in this division here, Steven is the, uh, is the Houston Texans and they are they are 10 to 1 just to win just to win the division. <laughs> if you keep scrolling and keep scrolling oh and keep scrolling and keep scrolling, you will find them at the very bottom with the uh Arizona Cardinals as teams to get to the uh, to win the Super Bowl 200 to 1. You can find on the Houston Texans to get it done. Now, listen. I will start this off by saying I think they are going about this the right way but they had to strip it completely down to build it back up. And yes. as part of as part of stripping it down, it's just not built completely back up yet. And so look, you're going to start a rookie quarterback. You're going to start some really inexperienced receivers. You're going to bring kind of like the, the, the corpse of, of Robert Woods out there and see what he's able to still do. Um, the advantage I guess you have is you do have one of the best left tackles in all the NFL and Laramie Tunsil. That is at least working for you. Um, but I expect C.J. Stroud to struggle pretty mightily. Doesn't really have a ton of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, the defense is going to give up a lot of points as well. So I just don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the bull case is for this team. Like the bear case is, is look, they're, they're right there neck and neck with the, you know, they're right there neck and neck with the Cardinals is worst team in the NFL. It's so like the, 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 the bear case is the actual worst team in the NFL. I don't really know what the bull case is. What's the bull case? Six wins, seven wins. I, I don't know. What is it? The over-under is six and a half. So I know. apparently there's some bull cases out there that are betting on seven or more wins for the Texans, which is... Which is wild, right? Well, considering that they have a schedule where they're starting out with 11 games right now where they're a three-point dog or more, <laughs> which only leaves six games where it's a toss-up. So with an over-under of six and a half, seems like they're being priced near their, their ceiling to me. Um, I guess the bull case is a coaching bump, right? You bring in D'Amico Ryans from the San Francisco 49ers to a defense that was already league average and drop back EPA a year ago. It wasn't brutally bad like the Bears or the Falcons defenses. And if D'Amico Ryans can bring that 49ers defensive system that Robert Salah did to the Jets, then we might be looking at some defensive upside here. They get Will Anderson in the draft. They get Jimmy Ward at safety from the 49ers, one of the best safeties in the league. So that's a good starting point. And then you don't have to play Davis freaking Mills at quarterback anymore. So, and CJ Stroud gets to play behind what is now the most expensive offensive line in the NFL. So that should produce, if the money was spent correctly, a top 10 unit in the league. They were bottom 10 in run blocking a year ago and only league average in pass blocking win rate. So they they brought in second round rookie Juice Scruggs from Penn State to play center. 
Shaq Mason comes over at guard from Tampa Bay. So it's at least made me wonder, Matt, if do, do I want to bet on them to win more games than what they're projected for? No. Probably not. I was going to say, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But kind of like the Lions the past couple years, it makes me wonder if this is a team that I'm going to be more interested in backing just to cover spreads week to week. Right. Yeah, I, listen, I think that there's at least a minimal amount of upside here on the on on the offense if like let's let's just let's say in a perfect world that Robert Woods isn't completely washed and um let's let's not forget they get Mechie back this year as well. So like this is a guy who is a super super highly productive wide receiver in college had to sit out all the last season so now he gets to come back. So let's just assume that he is everything that maybe we thought that he could be and then now you hear that you know, Nico Collins has essentially become, kind of become the number one wide receiver one there for, for this team. And he, he and CJ Stroud have a pretty good rapport. I mean, I think that there is at least a little bit of upside here for, for the offensive side of the ball. So long as CJ Stroud isn't terrible as a rookie, which I don't think he will be. I think he's actually a fairly polished, you know, passer and, and whatnot. So, um, I actually like the Texans better than the Colts. If we're, if we're being honest, like I, I like the Texans better than the Colts. And I think that the roster, even especially if whatever happens like, to Jonathan I Taylor, I like the Texans better than the Titans. To be honest. And, and right. I mean, like there's at least, and, and, you know, I, of course there's, there's other ways to bet these markets too, right guys. Like you can bet like the exactas. you can bet like one, you know, the, the one, two, if you wanted to go Jags Texans, I don't think that's the craziest thing in the world. Like as you mentioned, see, it's like it's a pretty solid offensive line. It's a pretty decent. It might only division. take six wins to finish second in this division. <laughs> yeah, like it's a pretty decent offensive line. Again, if Woods isn't washed, if if Mechie can come back and be you know even close to what he was in college and whatever. Let's say Will Anderson is just the absolute stud that we think he's going to be, and he ends up being a real disruptor on the defensive side of the ball. Like. I, I think there's at least more upside with this team than there is with, with the Colts, in my personal opinion. And you know what? You might even have talked me into – I might like them better than the Titans, too. I really might. Yeah, I think the Titans have some shiny toys with Derrick yeah. Henry and DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks. But how often have teams with the shiny toys and no foundation done well? The, the yeah. Texans have a foundation here that still is you know doesn't have a high ceiling, but – I think it gets them out of the basement of the NFL with the most expensive offensive line, a pass defense that was respectable last year that gets a talent bump and also a coaching bump as well. That's a pretty solid foundation for an NFL team that's yeah. trying to just be a little bit more competitive than the doormat they were the year before. I'm telling you, I think we might have talked. I think we might have just I talked. We found our favorite it. dog each week here. I'll I, I tell you what, I, you, we might have talked me into making that exact a bet. Like I might bet the right. one, two on the, on the Jags Texans in this division. Cause I, I think that, like you mentioned, you, it's a defense that with a, with the right coaching could be interesting, right? I mean, like, like, like could be interesting. There is not, it's not like it's completely talent devoid on that side of the ball either. So um, that would certainly ruin the Cardinals plans because the Cardinals the would thing, love to, yeah. Titan, Titans crossover games, chargers, Dolphins and Seahawks, Texans crossover games, Cardinals, Broncos, Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, could be the difference. Could be the difference 
for sure. A very interesting division. Listen, like I said, I only have one bet in. That's just, I went very heavily on the Jags to, to win this division. Um, that said, I think we might have talked myself into making that exacta on the Jags Texans, which probably pays pretty good. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna do a little bit more research in that. But I think that that is a that was pretty interesting for me, um, for sure. And I, you know, outside of that, Stephen, I don't have a ton of I don't have a ton of real conviction in this division other than what you said. Maybe betting the Texans week in week out on a spread type basis. Maybe fading the Colts on a week in week out type thing from a from a spread perspective, at least until Anthony Richardson figures things out, like maybe that's kind of the the real deal here. But I, I just think that the Jags are so much better than these three other teams. It's just hard for me to to real really get into the into the weeds outside of that. There was a point last year when we were doing these pods where the Washington Commanders were lined where you had to bet on them to be one game better than the year before to bet they're mm-hmm. over, and that was because they added Carson Wentz. And I'm thinking this is a very similar situation with the Titans this year, where to bet the over, you have to bet one game improvement or more. And I just don't see it. So I, I think I am going to bet Titans under for the second year in a row. And besides like the week to week, looking to back the Texans as dogs against the spread, I do have the Anthony Richardson rookie of the year ticket because of my belief that he's going to get a full season yeah. of stats and the running back is the favorite in that market, and that's that's a situation I want to try and beat. And lastly, I'll just kind of close with this. I I haven't done it yet, and if I if I do it, I'll let everybody know in the Discord. Again, lines.com, top right yeah. corner, hit the Discord button. That's where we put our bets in. I think the Jags might have a special season, and I know they have some games against the, the elite of the AFC, but – that offense combined with a defense that last year was fourth in pressure rate, despite being 15th in blitz rate. It just seems like all the ingredients are there with a, an ascending quarterback on a rookie contract and a head coach that's sharp as hell. I was going to say coach. I believe in. Yeah. Yeah. 12 to one to be the number one seed in the AFC 16 to one best record. Maybe the one I like most of all, Trevor Lawrence, 16 to one for MVP, because Mm -hmm. if the if the pass defense is bad again and they're playing shootouts against some of these other teams that are great competition, well, that's just more volume and more opportunity for Trevor Lawrence to amass stats. And he already showed in the second half of the year that he can be just as good, if not a little better than Patrick Mahomes in this Doug Peterson offense. That Jags, that that Jags Texan exact is juicy. It's six to one. That's juicy. That's juicy. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) All right. So uh, might might have made another bet for me on here as well. Guys, we will continue to roll on with these previews next week as well. We are going to get through every one of the divisions, give you all of our thoughts on everything. We'll hit awards markets down the line as well, too. Anything that we have in the account, anything that we're going to be monitoring throughout the course of the year. Again, these are ever evolving, right? Like it's you play them like a market. You get some tickets early that you think might the, the price could crash. You wait on some of these that you think might could inflate. And you can probably get yourself in a pretty good position. We've been able to do it here for the last few years. And, um, you know, we'll kind of give you the, the thought process behind all that as well. As always, everything we do, absolutely free. So all we ask, if it's on the audio side, hit pause right now. Hit give us a five-star rating. We don't want the fours and the threes. You can keep them. We just want the fives. So just give, just give us the five. If it's a video side of things, hit that subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. And then, of course, any comments you want to leave, we do appreciate that as well. For Steven, I'm Matt. Good luck on all your AFC South bets. 